Welcome back, everyone, to the Frustrated Fans. The Frustrated Fans, venting frustrations one episode every once in a while at a time. I'm Jeremy. <laughs> I'm Pete. And, What's uh, up, folks? Yeah, it's October. We haven't done an, a cheesy Halloween thing, but we will. We will. I don't know. This show is kind of scary. <laughs> Who's that fault? You or mine? Your fault or mine? Uh... Or should we blame our recording software again? Let's blame our recording software. It, it, oh, okay. it picked this. Fair enough. The last time it failed, all of our voices merged together and sounded like it said Mighty Ducks. So we're like, nope, I guess we're doing that now. <laughs> Actually, I thought you and I agreed that would be good to cover something bad from the Disney afternoon. Yeah, and we had very few options on that. Yeah, well, let's actually talk about this. Uh, Disney afternoon. It's a thing, and there's a people who have done a lot more ex- deeper explorations of it, but here's the short short version. Back in the 80s, toys, uh, cartoons were ge- accused of being toy commercials, and to be fair, they were right. <laughs> Transformers even probably... point, poked fun at that with its, how toyetic can you get? I mean, Transformers was basically uh, probably the worst offender, but Turtles was not far behind. Oh, yeah. They they seem to have a new uh, um, exploitive idea. I mean, new... And He-Man. Yeah, one-off vehicle and, or something. And um, what else? Yeah, you get the idea. Yeah, He-Man, G.I. Joe. Disney, <laughs> Disney in about 89, They were. this was right before their movie renaissance was a start to start. They decided to risk something. They wanted to do um, sh- a show that could be not only, yes, it could sell toys, but more importantly, it, it would be good enough to drive profit on its own merit and be easily syndicated. Now, they already had the Gummy Bears cartoon running at this time, but Disney decided to take a major risk on a, on a series that um, – hopefully would get picked up just by the quality of the cartoon alone and out of that we got ducktales Woo. and we've been over this that series before we both liked it in this time and uh yeah this started the disney afternoon and shortly followed there's a several good series that first job wasn't to sell toys it was to be a good cartoon first and foremost darkwing duck that was a good one Uh, Tailspin. Rangers, Tailspin. Yep. Uh, bonkers can go to hell. Um, <laughs> gargoyles. Oh, God, gargoyles. When they decide to copy the Batman formula. Yep, and we have definitely... You know what? I don't think we've covered gargoyles enough. I'm, I think there's plenty more. No. <laughs> no. But... Pete is and... still scarred from that when we covered the world tour. Just like... Uh... Just like with their movies eventually hit a downturn, Disney's TV eventually fell apart too. At least that this particular block. And we're going to talk about one of the series that helped speed that along. That yep. is Mighty Ducks. Yep. And now you might be thinking like, oh, they made a cartoon based off the movies with a bunch of kids and they're trying, you know, playing local hockey. And no oh, man, would you be wrong? I mean, both of us probably liked that original movie. Yeah, no, I liked it. I remember liking two. I remember, for the most part, liking three. I never bothered with three. And Disney put out a cheesy movie about controlling your anger, starring the, starring the cast of three. And 
my teachers forced us to watch it, and I, because I was the angry bullied kid in class, I never heard the end of it. So thanks, teachers, and thanks, Disney. Oh, I got dark for a second. <laughs> but yeah, I look back on that first movie with actually a lot of yeah, it's a good, decent movie, and got a good kid yeah. actors. Second one's okay. I've been told don't bother with the third. Yeah, thirds. It, it has a couple of good moments. Two, I mainly remember because I still own the soundtrack to it, and I mm. like that soundtrack. Um, yeah, no, I remember liking those movies a lot when I was a kid. Um, and and then was when Charlie I, Sheen's brother, Emilio Estevez. Yep. And I remember when they when Disney first previewed this, like all they showed was like coming soon they showed like a hockey puck animation and it said the mighty ducks the animated series and i was like oh are they doing an animated series based off the movies that could be kind of neat you know and and, <laughs> and then <laughs> I, and I remember the day it came out and i was like all right let me check what the hell is this and what is what is the hell is this well let's borrow from tv tropes again <clears throat> The Mighty Ducks cartoon, which may have been well-played hockey-playing 20-something extraterrestrial mallards about a group of anthropomorphic ducks from a world surrounded by puck-shaped asteroids where hockey is serious business, fighting space dragons and posing as a regular hockey team in modern-day California. No. Really. Yep. <sighs> now, if you manage to pick up your brain off the floor and dust it off, mm-hmm. after hearing all of that, Yeah. This is Ninja Turtles in space! Or, With um, ducks! Well, from space would be a better way to put it. Yeah, they come to Earth and they end up in Anaheim. And of course they do, because that's where the real Mighty Ducks... Which Disney founded, with yeah. the NHL's help. Yep, so there actually is a Disney... There actually is a hockey league owned by Disney, the Anaheim Mighty Not anymore. Ducks. Disney sold the fran- sold the team in 2005. Oh. They went from the Mighty Ducks to just the Anaheim Ducks. Oh, okay. So, yeah, but the cartoon version. So, we're going to get to the uh, God, what do you call it? The idiosyncrasies of this cartoon for a second, but is it fair to say this was a vehicle to sell, make people interested in the hockey team and sell toys? Yeah. Yeah. Both commodities. And it, it is confession time. Yeah, I, I watched this when I was I younger. did too. Uh, I'll admit, I kind of enjoyed this show when I was a kid. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's bad for Disney, which yeah. in Disney, even Disney's worst entries – have some redeeming qualities. Yeah. I mean, this isn't, like, T-Rex bad. Or Teen know. Titans Go. What? I, I still haven't seen I it. I said it. <laughs> um, yeah. There are some redeeming qualities. And the, I may have mentioned this previously, but there's one of my favorite episodes as two characters arguing the entire time about... Well, nitpicking another cartoon. Like, the show within a show. So, 
Yeah, it's got some good qualities, but it has a lot bad. Yeah, though I will say, on the good side, they got a pretty damn good voice team for this show. Oh, no. Uh, just off the top of our heads, on the villain side, we had Tim Curry, mm-hmm. Clancy Brown, Tony J, and Frank freaking Welker. Yep. So, damn. Just, you know what, on the, just on the voice actors alone, the villain should have won. <laughs> Throw in David Kay and you would have had, like, the Legion of Doom. Oh, God, I don't think we could have handled it. Yes. <laughs> and on the hero side, we had Jeff Bennett, Jennifer yeah. Hale. Yep. Brad Garrett. Townsend Coleman. Well, for just the pilot here. Yep. Heck, for side characters, we had... So that uh, police captain from that that we saw in the pilot, that was Dennis Franz from NYPD Blue. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, James Belushi. Yep. James Belushi, actually pretty darn good voice actor. Heck, also... Yeah. One of the apparently one of the side characters was voiced by the same guy who voiced Alfred in Batman the Animated Series, Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. Mm-hmm. So, it's Rob Paulson voiced a guest character at one point. Or two, yeah. Yeah, uh, Jim Cummings was in this. David Hyde Pierce. Jim Cummings was in every Disney cartoon at the time. <laughs> well, so they actually had a really good um, voice team for this. Uh, heck. Let's see. There was, you know, there was pretty good. So, yeah, I remember when we were watching it, like, we kept going like, wait, is that? Wait, is that? Yeah, that was pretty much our reaction the entire time. (laughs) So, let's get to actual plot. We're told it's done in flashback here because, listen, you're not going to remember their names. So, uh, James Belushi's character gets pulled in. By Dennis Franz. Talks to Detective Sipowitz from NYPD. <laughs> and they are always eating. We notice this in every cut back. <laughs> They're eating donuts. They're eating burgers. They're eating donuts dipped in ketchup for some reason. Yeah. Like, every time we see them, they are eating something. It's like, okay, that's a thing. Yeah. And, and what, we, we find out... Jane- well, James Belushi is there telling, like, the story of the ducks and saying they're like, well, they come from a world called Puck World. And uh, it's a very, of course, it's cold there because they play hockey and hockey is life, bro. Yeah. Not only that, but it's another dimension. So extra dimensional extra touch reels. Fantastic. With hockey puck shaped asteroids around them, because why not? And, you know, for a guy who's their human manager here on Earth, and we're going to get to that part, um, he he knows a lot of details he wasn't there for. Yeah, this is true. Ah, you notice that? Oh, yeah. Well, they probably told him the story, and maybe, you know he remembers things perfectly. I don't know. I'm trying to fill the plot holes. Give me a break. Don't fill bottomless pits. (laughs) Damn it, I will get blood from this stone. (laughs) So yeah, we're told that 
in this other dimension, there are two major species, Saurians and Ducks. And Ducks kick the Saurians off their world once upon a time by this mm-hmm. mythical figure. And his name was Drake Duquesne. Yep, every single Duck character has is a, a pun name. Pun. Wild Wing, Nose Dive. Well, except for Tanya. Duke. Landerflock. That's her last name. Oh, okay. Duke. Mallory. Like, oh my god. Duke Law Orange. Yeah. Mallory McMallard. Ugh. Canard so, Thunderbeak. He did, oh god. Oh, heck, even the human. Phil Palmfeather. Yeah. So, we're told that, uh, yeah, they're told that Saurians were kicked off once, and now they're back, because it happens. They and they take over uh, Puck World, with little to no effort. Yeah, if I have that many just... dramatic size, I'm going to start calling me Kip Croker before the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> so would that make you Zap Brannigan? Uh. <laughs> We're both kiffed today. Yeah. So, so yeah. we find out that Wild Wing Flashblade... Oh, God. What creatively bankrupt bastard came up with these characters' names? Well... <laughs> as pete looks up the names yeah supervising uh, producer was joe barsco and then followed by frank school schoolis and blair peters so yeah the we're basically we're introduced to wild wing and his brother nosedive and they join the resistance which and consists we, of just a small group hey if it worked for star wars Right? Okay. So, which one of these characters is Luke Skywalker? Don't. Well, actually, you know what? I did more... point out that Mr. K- that Kennard looks like Dash Rendar. Like, he's wearing the exact same outfit. So, yeah. the We're basically the... They're, we're introduced to the whole team. They find a ship. They go after the Saurians to go get them. And take them down and destroy their base. Yay. And they use a powerful arsenal of weapons that includes explosive pucks. Okay, that was Casey Jones' thing before this series ever was existed, so... I would like to know why Duke's sword isn't like an energy hockey stick. Seriously. Like, I'm, I'm really shocked that they didn't do that. I'm not well, complaining that they didn't do it. <laughs> I'm just saying. Which, by the yeah. way, Duke was voiced by the same guy who played Brooklyn in Gargoyles. Oh god, the voices are similar. Yeah, it even says Duke has a Brooklyn accent. <laughs> Wait, if he has a French name, why does he have a Brooklyn accent? Ow, okay, I need a quick break for my brain to reboot. Yeah, I think I need one too. No operating system found. Press any key to continue. Bloop.
No operating system found. Press any key to continue. <laughs> so, we're back. And, uh, yeah, the ducks win and drive uh, Dragon Dude and his flunkies off their home world. Yay! Show over! Oh, they have to go. No, the bad guy, because... We don't actually ever ever see any other Saryans. The bad guy uses robots uh, aside from a few minions. Mm -hmm. Okay, fine. So I have to wonder when they've both teams flee into this other dimensional prison. What happens to the rest of the puck world? Uh, they're free. Oh, I oh, guess. No worries then. Yeah. So for the rest of you know the world, they're like, all right, cool, we're good. Let's start playing hockey again. I mean, just pointing that out. <laughs> but yeah, so the ducks go after them, and they get hit with a big giant energy worm thing, and our valiant hero that we have all become emotionally attached to, Canard, decides to go, I'm going to stop the thing by jumping into it. Here, Wildwing, you take this ma this hockey mask that is also super-powered. <laughs> Goodbye, cruel world. <laughs> yeah. And, then and throughout the entire series, Wildwing still believes him to be alive, and he's going to find him. Yeah. Okay. Spoiler. They never do. No, this series only lasted one season, thank God. Yeah. So, maybe at some point they plan to bring him back, but nope, nothing ever happened out of that. And nothing of value was lost. <laughs> so they end up in the sky over Anaheim, California. Because, okay. Well, while the dragon guy's ship decides to hide with a cloaking device. On a volcano. Because, I guess, Draconis saw the original Transformers show and was like, Hey, that looks cool. Oh, he's invading my home. Yes. <laughs> they meet. Uh, they walk right into a mall. <laughs> they walk into a mall. They walk into a comic book shop. Yeah. Where you and, know what? Uh, hey, if there's well. any, if there's any part that they're place that they're not gonna stand out, there you go. <sighs> oh, what are you gonna scare off another one of our three listeners? <laughs> Okay, I mean, it could have been worse. They could have shown up at, like, a furry convention. I'm not going to touch that one. <laughs> but, but back to the point at hand. They basically stumble on the hockey ring, and this is where James Belushi's character comes in. It's like, hey, you guys know how to play hockey? Here, come here. <laughs> he goes, hey, ducks, want to play hockey? And they're like, do I? So, yeah, he somehow <laughs> sees that they're good at hockey, and, and and never mind the fact that these are aliens. It's probably coloring with alien germs, and, you know, people are going to ask questions where they came from. He decides them to make a professional hockey league team. What? <laughs> <laughs> Even though they're short members for a full actual team. I mean, there's a reason... Professional sports have more than just the bare minimum number of players to need to put on the field. True, but remember, they're alien ducks who live hockey. They're too good to have a full team. 
any other players would just hold them down. Yep, I'm still trying to fill those plot holes. Why? I I don't know. I like shoveling. Duck feces. So, yeah, they're set up as a professional hockey team as part of their contract, and this is in the script. They turn the hockey stadium, which is not exactly, you know, is a public public building that everybody knows about, into their forward base. Because it's not like that bad guys could target innocent people there or anything. <laughs> well, to be fair, maybe there was there are a lot of hockey strikes, so there probably wouldn't be any innocent people around there anyway. Well, now you're going to get sports fan at our doors, too, here, aren't you? <laughs> so, yeah, the, the rest of the first... Then we've already hit episode two by now, because we're skipping a lot. There, there, there's not much important to skip. <laughs> we haven't even named the main characters beyond complaining about their names, or even the bad guys. Because really, why does it matter? They're they're all like the generic characters. There's Wildwing, the reluctant leader. There's Nosedive, Wildwing's annoying brother, so he's the Cheetor of this show. And the one who breaks the fourth wall the most. Oh, okay. Which and is a lot in this. There's series. Duke Lorange, the cool one because he has an eye patch and a sword. There's Mallory McMallard, who's the action girl. There's Tanya Vanderflog, who's the nerd girl. There's Grin, who's the big strong dude. There. Yeah. I, I have given a full description of every single main character of this show. And there's yeah. Phil Palmfeather, which is just James okay, Belushi. Which is animated James Belushi. Yeah. So, and then the bad guys just... They're... they're, they're the bad they're guys are Tim vibes. Curry, Clancy Brown, Frank Welker, and Tony Jay. That's all you need to know. And, and literally, in a in a literal genre where Bebop and Rocksteady set the standard, how do you be more boring than those two? And here's the thing. I'm not saying Bebop and Rocksteady are boring. They're entertaining goofs. But, I mean, they said it... Ah! Yeah, there's no real personalities for these villains like i mean you've got chameleon who does different you know who he transforms into stuff and does impressions because it's frank welker and of course they're going to take advantage of his abilities and you have the tony J character who is a sorcerer who disturbingly has a duck skull on the top of his staff yeah that is yeah um, and then you have Siege, which is Clancy Brown, who's just... I don't even recognize that as Clancy Brown. Thinking back Because I didn't it, care. Yeah. He's just the big, strong guy. Yeah. And then the main leader is only notable because Draconis because he's voiced by Tim Curry. Yeah, that, that's really the only thing that sets him apart. Yeah. I mean, like, Tim, I love you, but come on. Yeah, like there's no person. It's it feels like they just kind of picked voice act, good voice actors rather than creating good personalities for these characters. Like, oh, Jennifer Hale can play a good action girl character. Let's cast her. Brad Garrett can play a good big muscly character. Let's cast him. Tim Curry can play a good sounding villain. Let's cast him. And it's not that this kind of tropes isn't possible to actually work out well. But making them exceedingly public and superheroes and hockey players, I mean, I hate to say it, but Transformers already did that. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, the Autobots were kind of known about the general human population in the original G1. Yeah. And, and, I mean, it's following the same old formula of, oh, they're aliens, or they're... I mean, it's... The, I mean, granted, like, you know, of course, Transformers did this, Gargoyles did this, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles did this, but they all did their own, like, spins on the uh, either aliens or mythological creatures or mutants in the real world, and they have, like, the human companion and stuff, but each of those at least did something creative with it. Well, Transformers was something of its time, with, you know... Can't, I can't really judge it too harshly, but it's like Ninja Turtles had April as their only confidant. You know, Gargoyles had Elisa, and then slowly started building it out to more characters. And they even had, like, a story reason for it where she didn't, you know, it was something kind of personal for her that she's like, oh, this is something special, uh, you know, that I know of. I don't want to share it with that many people. Whereas in this show, it's they have a hockey manager. But he's yeah. also their human ally, but he's also kind of a dingus. You know, it's like, alright. There's nothing really special about it. There's nothing new. Like, this show is basically doing stuff that's been done before and done better before. And Let's just say there's a very good reason this only lasted a season. Yeah. yeah it's, and the theme and, song is cliche. Yeah. Ducks rock. Yeah. Which, of course, it has its own catchphrase. <sighs> which also feels uninspired. Yep. And, again, like, this isn't the worst iteration of something like this, but... It's Disney bad, right. Yeah. It, it You know, so obviously there are plenty of worse TV shows. But it's still, like, Disney's better than this. Well, there's a reason this pretty much killed the Disney afternoon block. Yeah. Along with Quackback. As well as the fact that Disney has not re-released this on video. Oh, no. They've released pretty much every other Disney Afternoon series. Mm-hmm. They released the, the first two episodes and one more on a VHS, and that's it. And that was and so if you actually want to watch the show, it's all of it's up on YouTube, because I guess Disney just doesn't care. <laughs> This isn't like Gargoyles, where they deliberately put it up on YouTube, and then took it down. Well, they took it down when they put it start. Well, they they actually put that out on DVD. Yeah. Though I still have to complain that the second half of season two got a really half-assed DVD set. Mm. Like the first two were really cool, where it was like nice-looking casing and new artwork and everything, and bonus features, and co- they had a commentary over City of Stone, like the entire all of it whereas season two part two had like this clip you know just a copy and pasted artwork on the front on the front of the thing and it was two discs shoved in a regular case and just kind of thrown out so i I was kind of disappointed with lack of extras on that because like i said all the city of stone and they even had like behind the scenes stuff and cool interesting things and commentaries and yeah Anyway, <laughs> the um, yeah. So there's there's a reason this is only last this season. Oh my and, god! Uh, the series says the series main theme is produced is performed by Mickey Thomas of Jefferson Starship. <laughs> That's random. But the good news here, and it seems to be good news, is that Disney's deciding. I think pretty much they're bringing this. Uh, cartoon block back 
but doing it right. You hear that, Cartoon Network? This is how you make a remake. This is how we do it. <laughs> uh, no, they're not doing Mighty Ducks and God. They did release DuckTales. And I watched the pilot, and it is just as good, if not better, than the original. It was really good. And I like the fact that they even poked fun at certain things, like where Scrooge can't remember um, Dewey's name, like the entire episode. Or Webby has a voodoo doll of her of her 80s appearance nailed to her wall. Yep. <laughs> just like the That's little, a little disturbing. <laughs> yeah. This was it was a really really good reboot where it took a lot of the stuff that made the original show good, but also like modernized it well and like even the art style is really good. I mean, they took Webby in the opposite direction where she's now the tomboy, tomboy, mm-hmm. uh, crazy style type but you know what i'm okay with that and i like the fact that she's a fangirl of scrooge like she's obsessed with all his different adventures and where she points out like all the mythological stuff about like the things in his garage and they're like no it's not and then they end up activating like all the stuff yeah moreover in the in the episode itself they name drop the the overall cities behind darkwing duck tailspin and goof troops so yeah i think disney's using its own model it did for movies with the marvel set and it's doing this with disney afternoon and that is awesome oh, apparently in i don't know which like because they've started airing other episodes oh, god i can't remember the character's name but the guy who creates the gizmo dark duck armor is in it uh G- G- gyro yes gyro is in it and, and they so, brought some... the beagle so boys might... have premiered too hmm and Magica Dispel is on her way. Yep. Yeah. And I definitely want to check out more of the show. And the cool part is they put up the, that pilot for free. Like, I even downloaded it on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Well, it is, also, Pete, you know, it is October, and actually the day we're recording this is Friday the 13th. <laughs> Which, Are you suggesting we do a Jason movie? We probably should, but I, I will also like to we point out. We can do out, it too for before the end of the month if we hurry, if we rush it. I'd be down for that. Um, I was talking to a coworker today, and I was asking, and she said she hadn't seen any of the Friday the Thirteenth movies. So mm-hmm. I said, see at least see the first one and Jason X. But <laughs> I also asked if she had seen Freddy versus Jason. And the minute I mentioned the pinball, when I said the pinball part, she went, "Okay, you sold me." <laughs> so. I think we should tackle one of the Jason. I think we should tackle one of the Friday the Thirteenth movies as well as I know you had another. Uh, Return of the Killer Tomatoes. Return of the Killer Tomatoes. All right. It's not the first one in the sequel. It's actually the second one. But trust me, you want to see the second one. Okay. So we will. I say we do the Killer Tomatoes first, and then we will do one of the Friday the Thirteenth movies. I'll let you pick. So. Okay. Oh, there, there's some good stuff there. Um, all right, so next time, folks, Return of the Killer Tomatoes. and uh, Because before, life isn't strange enough. Yep, but before we go, Pete, where can people find us online? Uh, frustratedpodcast.com is our primary site, and you can also find us on both Google Play Podcast and iTunes Podcast. Excellent. Well, until next time, folks, take care and uh, enjoy and look forward to Killer Tomatoes and... One of the Jason movies, darn it. Now I have a large 
Now I have something to work on. Damn it! <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.